0: One of the most important stages. And what happens in this stage will last with you for the rest of your life. In fact, some of the manifestations might go, but the roots inside your soul will remain. The lessons you learn during this time will remain. This is the genius of Christianity. Not the manifestation, but the conversations that you have with heaven before the manifestation. The expansion that occurs in your soul. Before the manifestation. If it's the manifestation that gives you joy, it's idolatry, not God. Alright? You rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory, before you even see anything. True worship of God. So what happens is some people now stop confessing. And they get lazy. And they no longer tend. Alright? Now, if you don't get that seed in properly, and you just start running around, many people do that. Then trials and tribulation Come. And you get offended. But you get it on the inside. It goes deep on the inside of you. Your expectations are right. You are sensing the depth of God's word on the inside. You come to a point where you know, I got it now. It's inside my heart. My heart now agrees with my mouth. When I started saying this thing, my heart was far away. I honored God with my lips, but my heart was somewhere else. Now my heart... Is agreeing with what is coming out of my mouth. It accepts that these things have been done in my life. It accepts that I've experienced this particular growth. It accepts I have these manifestations in my body. It accepts the mind has been renewed. The word has been planted on the inside. Then you now consistently, now at this point, you are now watering the seed. You are no longer planting. So you constantly declare, You're still there, the things you are doing, reading your word of God, praying now, now. The prayer has changed. All right? There there is power that is now being released as you are praying in that place of agreement. That first phase of prayer was the assistance of the Holy Spirit to get that word into your heart. Now it's inside your heart. Your mouth, your heart are in agreement. No manifestation, but it starts getting deeper. The Holy Spirit now begins to reveal things to you. Communion with the Holy Spirit starts. The word now starts taking root, going deep, opening up things unto you. You are seeing very deep things inside the scriptures. The conversation starts going on. Remember, it talks about people who died in faith, but did not even get manifestations. In other words, the word was rooted on the inside. They had conversations with God about that truth, but they didn't have manifestations. They spoke to God about it. God told them things. God spoke to David about things. He revealed things. There's a priest after the order of Melchizedek. He saw years ahead. He didn't enter into it. And so you get to this point where God begins to reveal. So you start getting the details. If it's an expansion in your business, you start planning for it. Information starts coming to you. He starts giving you books about hiring because he understands. He starts exposing you to things. This is how you should structure it. It is at that point, you now start putting things in place. Now, many people don't do that. Then allow the cares of this world, the sinfulness of riches, other things to come and choke that word out of their system. But it's in that place God starts revealing and showing you things. And tells you that, look, this is how I want to structure, brings books your way. You read those things. I want structure, I want to do this, I want to do that. You're writing these things now. The thing is being developed on the inside. Once you enter into the place of rest, also, God's activity starts on the earth. Because once you cease from your own works, once you've entered rest, God now begins to move. You will find out that when the manifestation on the outside starts, that the conversation that led to that particular thing started the period in which your heart and mouth came into agreement. It's just that it was underneath. It wasn't yet visible to your eyes. In other words, Joseph was still in jail when Pharaoh had the dream. So the dream had started where Pharaoh must have thought about it, let's say, for two weeks. And then after some time, he now mentioned it to the chief butler. So it could be that you are believing God for a breakthrough in your business. And the conversation, once you enter into rest, the conversation starts. Somebody somewhere inside the office, your file drops out and they pick it and say, oh, there's this person who submitted the conversation. It's just that you don't know. And that's why many people at that point say, well, it's not working. And they cut everything off because the power of God can be at work already in your life and situation and you can take your eyes off the word of God and place it on something else and start talking crap and the power of God seizes in that and say how do you know because Peter was walking on water the power of God was already in operation he took his eyes off Jesus placed it on the wind and the Bible says he began to sink that means gradually the power of God you don't begin to sink you sink He began to sing gradually before the eyes. That means he started reducing the power of God that was in operation underneath his feet by looking at something else and entertaining fear and emotion that was different from God's own. So in that time of rest, the conversation starts. The boss talks to somebody over you that, you know, this person I've seen, they're very faithful, we haven't yet done anything about you. Remember I told you about two years ago that this person wanted to open up, the conversation starts, but you are there. Now, if you get out of faith and jump out of the ship, then you start talking and it stops. But if you keep the confession going, your heart and mouth are in agreement, and you are there praying over those images, thanking and worshipping God, that conversation starts. Then after some time, the blade comes out. In other words, they now send you a letter. That's the blade that has come out. And then you keep, all right, it going. It's a process. You keep it steadfast. The blade comes out. Somebody comes and says, you know, I overheard them conversing about you. That's the blade. Calm down. Don't rush around it. They mention your name. Calm down. The blade has come out. Don't reap the blade. Don't bring out the sickle, and because what you're going to do is cut the blade, it's not the harvest. Don't start putting pressure on the blade and I saying it's true, and then start making a call and destroy the entire process. Let God do His work. You keep believing you have received, you keep declaring it, you keep rejoicing and praying over that thing and prophesying and leave the development of the Word of God. All right? And then you hear movement has started. Now you might discern that it is through this individual God is going to open the door to this thing, but that doesn't... Now, that's what happened with Joseph, but Joseph put pressure on the chief butler. So you just keep praying, all right, and don't. Because the chief butler was, of course, going to be this, you know, if you tell somebody to go and talk to somebody about you, then they are making a withdrawal from that person because... They are trying to gain favor. But if it is that person that says, you know, I'm looking for somebody who has this particular quality. Then someone says, hey, I have a friend who has that quality here. I can bring him. Now he himself is benefiting because he's talking about a relationship. It's now a win-win situation for him. He also is even, he also is being elevated in the eyes of Pharaoh by being the one who knows the person that can solve his problem. Do you get what we're saying here? And so it begins to grow. And the deeper conversation, and you are now observing before your eyes the movements of God. And then they can call for an interview. They do that. Just keep thanking God. right? right? Don't put your hand in the process. Keep thanking and worshiping Him. Praising Him, holding fast a confession. And then it comes to the air. More stuff is happening. And then after some time, the fruit comes out. And then there is the opportunity now for you at that particular point in time now to move in. In other words, the door has now been opened up where you can now. And at that point, you have got to speak and make your case. You have got to bring out the sickle there and make your case. You have got now at that point to make your move. Because the door has been opened for the fulfillment of that particular thing. You have now been invited before Pharaoh. Now you are not going to, now you have to understand the moment. That you are in the kingdom for such a time as this. Joseph changed his garment. Joseph shaved. He understood. You don't now go in casually like it's a curious moment. You understand that. This is something that your faith, you do not go there and get disqualified by shabby presentation. You understand that now this is your moment. The interview has come. You, you, you're about to meet, all right, with the person that can change the game. They they've called for you. Now now you have to do things appropriately. You understand it. You can't just come in and you know come in late. You can't do that. You've got to be there on time. You've got to understand that this is my sickle. I've got to put my best foot forward. Because if you don't, you're not going to get the harvest you're supposed to do. So you come to the recognition of that moment that this is the moment I have been waiting for. The door has now been opened up unto me. The invitation came. The unexpected phone call came. The email that you were not looking out for came, opening up a door to meet with people that you are not, you, you, you aren't thinking about. Right? So have a discussion. Now you can't go there and, you know, I mean, you're not going to lie, but at the same time, you're not going to begin to behave like intimidated and timid and in a way that is repulsive. Joseph changed his raiment. He shaved his beard. He looked right for it. Because he got there... He didn't look like he was coming from prison, which meant that the look he was in prison wasn't the look that he... Now, you get what I'm saying here? Yeah? He now did there before the king. He goes, oh, well, I'm a prisoner. Come and have mercy on me. Can you see how my a got... And then I've said, okay, just bring man of prison. But he looked the part. And the king must have looked around and said, this chap is capable of being my right-hand man. Not just because of his gifts, but his presence of mind his approach to things the way in which he handled things and many people don't have that you know i was listening to and i'll close with this listening to a gentleman some of you might know this story but listen an african-american is a massive player now in the music industry in the world and the first job he got he was sent on an errand he had tried and tried to get a job he kept trying to get a job with this gentleman. Finally, he got a job there, some internship. He said, "And the person who employed him, he later on employed that individual in his life because his company became big. And I understood what that man was saying. He said, when I sent him on the first errand, I told him to go and get something for me 10 blocks away. Now 10 blocks meant all right, which is quite some distance. And I got on the phone, and told him to go to that company and and get back. He said, before I dropped the phone, he was back panting and his tie was hung behind his back. And I saw, I said, how do you get here this fast? He said, I ran. He said, I dropped the phone and I said, we have a problem here. A guy with this attitude will soon get to the top. We have a problem. The word he said it, we have a problem here. The person that just might take over from us is right before us. So there is an approach and a presence of mind when that moment comes. So you do not blow that moment for you may not have a second chance to make a first impression. Go to the end of this message. I just want to pray for people. Father, I pray for every single person under the sound of my voice. that If they are going through any process with the promise and the word of God, I pray that you will strengthen them with your spirit in their inner man, that they will not abort the process, but stay within that sheep and allow the word of God to go through the different phases. For you are faithful and that which you have promised, you are able to perform and you will do so within their life. I speak to every single person under the sound of my voice. That which God has shown you, you shall with your hands shortly handle them in Jesus' name. As you speak forth that promise out of your lips, it shall be planted within your soul and take shape in your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Once again, I want to say thank you for opening up, all right, your homes opening up, your houses. Your living rooms that we can come in and minister the word of God. We do appreciate this and do not take it for granted. Also, we do look forward to all right when normalcy will be restored in terms of when we can gather again together to have services and rejoice and praise and thank God together corporately. but while we're waiting on that, um, you can join us on mixll.com forward slash covenant every morning at 6.30 a.m. and every evening at 9 p.m. in order to spend time in what we've termed meditation, prayer with praises. It is direct application of God's word to your soul that will bring about spiritual increase. It's engagement and spiritual exercise you'll be really blessed in time now in your soul and with events that will come to pass within your life thank you once again for watching god bless you and have a wonderful week in his presence
1: that was a very powerful message from our senior pastor pastor i hope you learned something and i hope you were blessed as i was blessed i'd like to encourage you to please put the word of god on your lips throughout this week Make sure you are declaring the Word of God out of your lips. Make sure you are beholding the Word and meditating on it day and night. It's my prayer that you'll reap 30, 60, and 100 fold as you mix the Word of God with faith and as you do that which He has taught you to do. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're new to uh, church, if you're new to the Covenant Nation, I'd like to invite you to please share your experience with us. Um, The website is scrolling right at the bottom of the screen. It's www.insightsforliving.org forward slash new to church would like to hear feedback from you would like to hear your experience about interacting with us here at the covenant nation Um, also throughout the week i'd like to encourage you to please follow our social media handles on twitter on instagram on youtube um, and also uh, on facebook and also on the website www.insightsforliving Org. Please share it with your friends. Let them know that these messages are available. You can download any of our messages on the e-library website. Um, so once you check on www.insightsforliving.org, just go f- to the e-library section and you can find uh, messages by Pastor for Jeremiah Day in that section. As you go into the week, I pray that God keeps you and blesses you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.
0: All right, this morning, I want to speak on something continuing from uh, thought last week, and I want to talk about uh, the process of the seed of God's word. The process of the seed of God's word. Uh, what am I? Why am I saying this? The kingdom of God, the Bible says, is as if a man will cast a seed into the ground, where principally that seed is God's word. Uh, But the seed has to go through a process. Uh, The word of God goes through a process in order for it to be fruitful. Now, if we do not understand the process and the different phases in the workings of God's word, then what happens is people out of hastiness, uh, people out of wrong or erroneous expectations abort the process of the word of God. Because the greater work is being done in the invisible, or let me say, outside the range of your five physical senses, they could be going on years in the world around you, but outside the range of your five physical senses, and because you can't see or you can't feel anything on the outside now, right? People think that the word is not working, and then they begin to say things. That contradicts that particular word, and then they abort the entire process of God. So it's important. Now, God forbid that won't be a portion, but it's important that we understand the process of God's word, which is the seed. Remember, Jesus Himself, the word of God said, Except a seed falls to the ground or a grain of wheat and dies, it abides alone. Alright? But when it dies, it brings forth much fruit. So there is a time where the word almost so to speak dies. In other words, it seems completely inoperative as far as you are concerned, but that is the most crucial time in the phase of God's word. When you have been declaring, when you have been reckoning things to be true, when you have been calling things into existence as though they were, when you have been operating in faith, and there seems to be absolute silence, There seems to be no motion anywhere. There seems to be no even conflict again over that particular word. You've gotten to a prime time, even though it's not yet visible, where the most powerful work is being done. All right. And it's important I refer also to something here. Uh, It's called the Stockdale Paradox. And this was a term that was coined by um, Jim Collins in his book, all right, from good to great. And what was speaking about there, that paradox there, was a phenomenon that they saw during the Vietnam War among the prisoners of war. Uh, and they found out some people came out stronger, some people came out, you know, and became very successful in life. Some people, completely prisoners of war, completely collapsed and, and, and couldn't make it some you know suffered from you know and all kinds of their whole life just fell apart after that and so in an interview with general stockdale he asked him what he felt was this was the factor the factors that made some people come out successful and some people completely fail and general stockdale all right who was interviewed by jim collins who survived all right said that those who failed and those who didn't survive were the optimists. Now, you think that that will be a very good thing to be an optimist. But he says, it's the optimists that did not make it. He said, because the optimists were the ones who felt they'll be out by the next Christmas or next Easter, who had that short-term mindset, who felt that, listen, folks, and they were cheering everybody up, we'll be out of this place. We'll be out of this place soon. And they did not, they were very optimistic, but they were blinded from the realities and they were not in touch with the realities that confronted them. It was almost like creating an alternative world where you have created an expectation, all right, and you have started to believe, all right, something that you really want to happen, but that just might not be the process He said these were the people because they resulted in their hearts getting broken when by the next Easter, by the next Christmas, they didn't make it. And to quote exactly what General Stockdale said, he said, you must never confuse faith. You must never confuse faith that will prevail at the end with all right, the discipline that will prevail, which means that faith, which will prevail, you must never confuse that optimism there with true faith that will prevail at the end because it's mixed with the discipline to confront the brutal facts of your current reality. In other words, faith is a fight. Uh, Faith understands that there will be opposition. And so faith, it says fight the good fight of faith. It says this is our victory, yes, but it overcomes the world. So it recognizes the presence of an opposition. And therefore it overcomes that particular opposition. It resists, it fights. God said after you have suffered a little while, he will strengthen he said he will bruise Satan under your feet. After some time, God of all peace will bruise Satan. But there is a period where there is great conflict that is going on. Now, people who are not prepared, so to speak, psychologically for this, all right, and are just all right blind optimists there, who have created an alt an alternate all right, world in which they live, when they're confronted with these things and things don't happen the way they think, all right, or felt that it should happen, and it doesn't happen in two months and in three months, then everything falls apart. They get heartbroken and then they now begin to say things, all right, that now they're no longer in a position where they can And it's based on false and wrong expectations. So let's look at what Jesus said about the word of God. Let's look at what he said in the scriptures about getting results. Let us build our expectations on scriptural facts, or what we'll call the truth, and not just false impressions there that we might even have been given by people. You know, there was a prophet back then, Ananer, who came to prophesy during the time of the bondage of the children of Israel. And what God had said through Jeremiah was that they were going to be there for 70 years. And I came and created this false expectation and said, you are going to be here just two years. You will be out. So I understood what General Stockdale was saying. It's scriptural. In two, uh, two years, we'll be out. And what happened was Jeremiah, and then he put uh, a, a yoke around his neck and made what we call the prophetic action and broke it. And it was a yoke of wood. And Jeremiah got up and said, You have broken a yoke of wood, but you've just replaced it with a a yoke of iron round about them. For you have created a false expectation that in two years they will be out. Now, they are going to be here for 70 years. So the rest of those 68 years are going to be more difficult because they were only prepared for a two-year run. When they should have, it's like you thinking that the race is a 100 meters race and it's actually a 3,000 meter race. And then you run 100 meters and then you finish panting and then they say you still have 2,900. You've exhausted your energy. And this is how some people create expectations in the hearts of people and they don't have the capacity. They burn out, which means it says, well, we we'll get to that. That second type of soil. They spring up immediately. And then when trials and tribulation come for the sake of the word of God, they are offended. So first of all, let's get to God's word. All right. The word of God there tells us that the sower soweth the word. And some fell by the wayside, which means there were four different types of soils. So four different types of outcomes. The same sower, the same seed, which was God's word. Four different types of outcomes. The fault was in the word. The fault was in the sower, was the type of soil, the person who was receiving. So we've got to understand and emphasize this the condition of the heart that receives the word of God. That we make sure that people's hearts are in that particular right place there in order to be able to receive the word of God and, and to understand the process that is, being, that is involved in bringing forth fruit, that you bring it forth with patience, that you are going to bring forth 30-fold. You are going to see within, after a short period of time, a 30-fold multiplication on your output. And then you are going to see a 60-fold multiplication. And you are going to see a 100-fold multiplication. But there are certain things that go on the same way a farmer doesn't expect that he is going to reap a harvest the next day that the seed goes through a process. You also have got to understand that as powerful as God's word is, it goes through a process in you in order to bring forth fruit. So there are four different types of soil. And what was the last one? That was the good ground, that brought forth 30, that brought forth 60, and brought forth a hundredfold. So we have in Mark chapter 4... And verse 26, it says the kingdom of God is as if a man will cast seed into the ground. And then the next thing is that that man should sleep and rise night and day. And then after some time, the seed shall spring forth and grow. Now we know that there is a time period between when that seed is cast into the ground And when that seed springs forth and grows. Now let's go to the next verse in 28. And then it says, when it begins to grow, the earth will bring forth fruit of herself. First, talking about process. First, phases, blade. Then the air, from the words of Jesus. After that, the full corn in the air. After that, time is involved. After that, the order is first the blade, then the air, then after that the full corn. Next verse, it says, but when the fruit is brought forth immediately, he putteth in the sickle because the harvest has come. So from seed time to harvest, all right, from when you plant your seed to the time you harvest, there is a specific time period, okay? Now, so the activities of that man are twofold. One, he plants that seed Into the ground. Number two, when the harvest is brought forth by the earth, independent of that man, he is now called upon again to bring in the sickle to reap in. So he has got to sow, and the second thing, he has got to reap. But the development of that seed is outside the control of that man. The activity of God takes off after that man has planted that seed. If that seed is not in the ground, then God's activity will not start. One want to explain what it means to get into the ground. And then once it's in the ground, God's activity starts. And when God's activity gets to its full stage, then the man is summoned and instructed to go to the next one. So what's the first activity of that man? It is to cast seed into the ground. And this is where the man labors. Let me repeat. This is what is called the labor phase of faith. Or where you are fighting the good fight of faith. This is where you are dealing with the contradictions on the outside. Where it says, whose report are you going to believe? Where you are dealing with conflicts that are inside your heart. Now, the first thing I've got to say is this. Now, many times say, well, you know, the word of God was planted in my spirit. There's nowhere in the Bible says planted in your spirit. The word of God is planted into your soul. Now, once you understand that, you will know the conflict that goes on. Because your soul is the mind, the will, your emotions, all right, your imagination. That's where the word of God is going to be planted into. So if I take the promise of God and I plant it into my soul, then my imagination continuously is after that particular promise, which means the pictures that I'm seeing before my eyes constantly about my future are those things. The thoughts that I'm thinking is in line with that level there. I will on the inside. There is a determination that is based on assurance there. It's inside my emotions. The way I feel about my life is as though I'm in possession of that thing. In other words, when it's planted inside your soul, this is the practice of it. Let's let's get out of all these spiritual things that make no meaning to our inner consciousness. It says, receive with meekness the engrafted word. That word engrafted is the implanted word. Take the seed and plant it, which is able to save your soul. So the target there is the seed is going into your soul, where your emotions, which means once that seed is planted, the way I now feel about things, I now take pleasure, like Paul said, I'm in that situation, I'm taking pleasure. I rejoice with joy unspeakable, even though I see him not. Yet believing, I rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory. When it's planted in my mind, my mind is the center of logic, where I reason. That's where Abraham, the Bible says of Abraham, he was fully persuaded. He was fully persuaded. That's why we say in law, all right, you have proved beyond any reasonable doubt. In other words, every reason to doubt has been eliminated from the mind. The logic of God has entered into the mind and you now have the reasoning of God, which means the reason why God thinks it will happen is the same reason. So you are like what the scripture says, you are able to tell any man the reason for your hope. The logic behind that expectation, that word has entered into your mind, and when we've missed it, we've told people, "Well, the word goes into your spirit." Everybody says, my spirit, my spirit. Everyone knows what's going on. Now it's high-sounding; it seems deep, but nobody knows what is happening. All right, and so what's happening is that we've left the mind, we've left the soul. Read what um, Paul said. He said, "I struggled until I realized the law of the spirit of life." He said, I now with my mind, I serve the law of God. The minute I took that thing into my mind, I changed. That's why you are changed and transformed by the renewal of your mind. The word goes into your mind. So you want to plant the word of God into your soul. as first place there. Get it into. So the picture you have about your future, once I say five years time, is that promise. That exceeding great and precious one that just flashes. You can see it. You see how your life will be. You see how your family will be. Uh, You see how everything around you is going to be because of the promise. The Bible says he that had received the promise of God, uh, Scripture tells us he had received um, Isaac back in a figo. You have the figo. You have the image of it right before you. It has entered into your emotions. People are saying, why are you so happy? Even though nothing has changed, that word has gone in. What did David say about it? He said, you have put gladness in my heart more than when their wine and corn or their, wine, their meat and their corn was increased. He said, you have put gladness. Is the word of God planted into the soul of that person. Now, so it's a labor together because there are other things in your soul. And what is inside your soul are past experiences. What is inside your soul are things that have happened. Now you want to plant inside your soul and call it into existence as though it were. And, and say this is the present reality in my life, uh, and say, let's assume somebody's building, uh, 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 believing for an, for, for an expansion in his business, and that is his dream. You know how the person will feel when the dream has happened, and the person will almost be, now when the word goes inside, that, he feels that, he's that happy, even though he hasn't yet seen it. But he has seen the reason why it's going to happen, because that word is in his mind. It has entered into his mind. The image has been formed. So it's a labor to get that in. And it tells us, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9 to 11, it says, Let us therefore, there remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. What's that rest? The kingdom of God is as if a man will cast seed into the ground and he will go and sleep, which means he has entered into rest. He knows my work is done. I have done my part. That's what rest means. Labor. That labor means cast. All right? That means that the farmer walks and walks in a planting season. He's walking, but once he has planted, he goes to rest as
1: far as he's concerned. He's done his part. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818-600-0082. God bless you.